In episode 5.2 of Unshuffled, we discuss the second album from Denver's Abrams called Morning. But first, as always, here's Seven Planets. Scotty D. Konnichiwa. Ah, buongiorno to you. <laughs> it was uh, it was very almost guten tag, but uh, that's a story for another day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We keep uh, it's you know what's fascinating is is sort of our 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 global travels. As if we were to go through and trace these back, have we finished? Here's what I want to know: Have we start? Have either of us been? Or one of us been in the same country from when we started a band to when we finished the band? Uh, I, I don't think so. I don't. Uh, I don't even know if I've done that from one podcast to the next. <laughs> uh, but this is all. Um, look, we're banter free these days. Our listeners don't care where we are. They just want to know what we think of the album. In the interest of banter free music, we'll save our international travel discussions for uh, our offline conversations, and we'll get straight into the podcast. We are unshuffled. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully again, listeners, we are. We started with this podcast with the intention of trying to bring back the album. We're doing it band by band, album by album, track by track. We pick a band, we start with their first album, and we work our way through to the last. This podcast is intended to be a sort of one that you listen to after you've listened to the album. So our recommendation today is, as always, that you go and listen to our album of the day, which is Morning by Abrams. Do your own listening, even if it's only a few times. This is well worth the listen without wanting to give too much away. So I highly recommend you get over to the Abrams Abrams. Bandcamp page and download it. Give it a good listen a few times through and then come back and listen to us. We'll still be here and you can enjoy that first few listens and form your own opinions before coming back and see if you agree or disagree with us. So, yeah, we're on to our second album from Abrams. And uh, you've been doing a lot of listening while traveling, Scott. So tell us about how you've been listening and digesting and, and um, you know, if you want to discuss any any of those first impressions, feel free. The As far as first impressions, I'll save it for when we're talking about the songs. Is the listening, I don't feel, so all of my worldly possessions are, uh, are on a boat somewhere at sea. Mm. And with that are any speakers I have that are, and so as I'm listening to this, I feel like I've not been able to hear, there are things in this album that I haven't been able to hear right properly. Right. Um, and I'll talk about that again as we get through some songs, but there's some low end that I think is there that I haven't been able to, to get. Uh, it's um, definitely there, yeah. And so all of my stuff's supposed to be here, I think, this week. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and I know we're moving on, but I will, I will give it another listen because I, I know I'm missing some things here. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, it's been listened to on, on airplanes. It's been listened to just sort of 
at home, but it's all just kind of with these more tinny, tinny speakers. Okay. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of my listening as always riding my bike around the streets of Bologna. I've uh, been up to Luxembourg, which is an interesting little town and, uh, and back. So I did some listening up there as well. Did, did you ride your bike to Luxembourg? <laughs> No, no, no. That it was uh, the car trip was hard enough. Trust me. <laughs> With two kids in the back seat, I must say, you know, I had you know the sort of movie trope where the main character has a moment of realization. Often it involves a, a zoom in on their eyeball or something, when yes. all the pieces that have kind of been staring them in the face in some ways come together and. And you get little flashbacks to different parts throughout the movie as they're putting the pieces together. And then all of a sudden, you know, oh, guys are so sad or whatever, you know, they have that moment. I had one of those moments between the previous album and this one. And I felt really stupid. I, you know, it was almost my moment was more like uh, Homer Simpson, you know, when, when it was Lisa Needs Braces, dental plan, but he just had never clicked for him. This band the members of this band were in another band called Black Sleep of Carly. That band released a full-length album on a certain record label. Have a guess which label it was. Metal Blade? I don't know. It's one that's close to our heart. Oh, it's, it's got to be. <laughs> yes, it is. So how stupid did I feel when I actually oh. looked them up? It's like, small stone. I knew I'd recognize that. Black Sleep of Carly, you know, that I'd seen in a bio for the previous album, but it just never clicked for me. And, and then between the, the last album and this one, okay. Now, it wasn't all the members. Uh, I think certainly Mr. Iverson, I think, was one of them, and perhaps the guitarist as well. But anyway, I'll, look, I'll put a link to Black Sleep of Carly. It was – there were, I mean, there were similarities, obviously. They were much younger, much less of that – hardcore element more of a stoner rock band which is the 10 the type of bands that small stone tends to favor but certainly worth a listen if you if you are enjoying this band as you go through it with us and you want to hear some of the stuff they did when they were younger i'll put a link on the show notes which are available on our website or will be in a few days and you can check out black sleep of carly the full length on small stone records yeah, there it is. They had an EP, a full length on Small Stone, and mm. then a split album. Yeah, well, and it was, I've only heard the full length, but it's good. Yeah, it looks like the only one that I'm seeing is Iverson. Yeah, okay. Uh, looks like he might have been, he might be the link. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I felt really, really dumb, but uh, there you go. Give. At least it gives us a chance to give Small Stone another shout-out and a link to one of the, the bands that used to be on their label. With that aside, shall we get into the album? Your job, as always, Scotty D, is to talk us through the nuts and bolts, the release date, the, the label, and, and the artwork and all the rest. What do you got? Well, so this one was released almost, almost two years to, uh, to the day, nearly. Uh, from the first one, Lust, Love, Loss, June 9th, 2017. Um, it was distributed on Death Wish. Uh, looks like they're on Sailor. I don't think they were on 
anybody for the first one, right? That was completely self-released, no label. So somewhere along the way, they got a contract. Um, it was, as far as who produced it, I see that they worked with Andy Patterson um, at Boar's Nest in Salt Lake City, Utah, and then worked with Dave Otero at Flatline Audio in Westminster, Colorado. Mm-hmm. So it looks like they were working with a couple guys in two different studios. The lineup, we've got Zach Amster on vocals and guitar. We have uh, Tyler, Taylor Iverson on bass and vocals. And we have a new drummer, Jeff Cotton on drums. And then we're going to have an additional a guest singer. Uh, yeah, the drummer has changed. Now, I don't know how long this drummer hung around for because... I've looked at some live footage of the band very soon after this was released and it doesn't look like him. He's in the film clips that they put out when they released the album, but he seemed to very quickly disappear from the band and I know they have a, a new drummer on their most recent release. That's where I was trying to figure out which one is Jeff Cotton, the one in the live videos or the one in the filmed videos? My guess, yeah, the one drummers. in the filmed videos, the, the bald guy, would be my, my best guess. Oh, and then the should I mention the artwork, the artist, Samantha Muljot? Yeah, now, um, I don't know a lot about her. I, I believe she's German, and the best of, you know, I don't have any biographic information, but I do have a link to her website, which has a lot of her photos, which are in that same style, a lot of natural photography where she um, plays with the colours and brings certain colours out, makes them look look sort of ethereal and almost like a, a fantasy artwork, you know. So she takes photos but then does stuff to them and makes them look um, quite dreamy, as she's done with the front cover of this album. You like she it? Also, I do like it, yeah. And, and she also did for uh, Goat, Snake, and Earth. Yep, so she has done some, some work for some other bands. Work. I really like her photos and I really like, this cover it's such a contrast you know they, they they chose a photographer for the first album but the style is is really different mm. this one she shows perhaps there's a slightly different focus on the album if the artwork's anything to go by so they've really focused on the natural beauty and they live in a you know they live in denver but Traveling to Salt Lake City, I, I'm guessing there's some some sort of nice parts of nature that they go through on that journey. So, um, yeah, I, it sort of hints at perhaps a greater focus on beauty that lies within the music on this album. A nice image, anyway, if nothing else. Very green. Very green. Very beautiful. Shall we move on to the songs? Yeah, I think we shall. Mm-hmm. I think we should. I I had my, you were talking about that sort of eye-opening ex- moment of the aha moment that you had. And I kind of had one of those uh, as we're going through the songs. And I'll, I'll talk more about it when we get in there. Oh, this sounds good. You want to kick us off then with Worlds well, Away, well, the first track? Right. So Worlds Away, I kind of, it sort of starts with this drop C sort of doomy riff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it kind of sounds like this is, you know, this is going to be the riff that's going to drive the song. Uh, but it, it really only goes through four times, right? And then on that, the fifth time, sort of it kicks into the song. And uh, the, the screamo vocals are still there. And we talked a lot about those last time. But I can tell it's definitely more developed. 
it, it does sound so there was a part where I'm listening to this first song and it, my thought was, okay, it's very similar to what would have been on the last album, um, but more developed and advanced, I guess it shows growth. Yeah. Uh, but it did kind of, it pulled me back to, there were moments where I sort of was drawn back to sort of like a bleach era Nirvana kind of, kind of rawness feel to it. Um, and, and yeah, and so there, there's sort of a, a, a sludgy kind of muddy sound to, to, to the quality of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I really like this opening to me. Yeah, you're right. There was hearing those first few bars and you think, oh yeah, it's, I recognize this. It's similar to the first album. Perhaps it sounds a bit better, particularly the drums straight away. You notice that the recording of the drums has uh, done much better. The big thing here that we didn't get much of in the first album is the killer, groovy chorus. There's a real release in that chorus. And, you know, I think about the music that I really like. It tends to have tension and release, tension and release. I think if some of my favourite bands, you know, Deftones have that in spades. Tool, even heavier bands like Slayer, where they, you know, you alternate the thrashy and the rocky part. It's the tension and release that uh, that draws me to metal so often, and, and you get the release here in that chorus. Which the first album was much more tension and a lot less release. This has a nice balance of the two. And yeah, I've already mentioned the drums. They sound great. A very different drumming style to the first one. He's got that big thundering floor tom that you can see in the video clips, and he uses it quite a bit. He uses it in the lead up to the chorus to sort of set a base to lead into the um, the release of the chorus and and uh, really well recorded drums, nice. Now um, the vocals are alternating, so we get the screamy guy doing the verses and then the bass player. It's not he's not exactly singing yet on this song, but it's screaming versus more yelling, I guess. <laughs> in the chorus but yeah the tension part belongs to one singer and then the release part goes to the other love the song quite different really much more stoner rock feel than the hardcore feel of the previous album i thought and this set it up as uh you know this is going to be something different on this album and uh, you know a really effective album opener the second song is called at the end Again, we get those drums and another big swinging chorus here. So there's a lot of similarities between this song and the first. At this point, I'm thinking, are they a stoner rock, you know, a straight stoner rock band now? I, there were stoner rock bands that were coming to mind as, as I was listening to this, particularly uh, Unida, with, obviously without the John Garcia vocals, but that just straight ahead rock there's some more singing in this, some sung vocals. The toms again feature. There's also a kind of a, a solo of sorts towards the end, so some more melodic components that are taking us away again from the more hardcore stuff we heard previously. So another rocking song that I really enjoyed. The lyrics seem to be about breaking up which was a very common theme on their first album every single story ends with me alone is one that i picked up now lyrics 
were a challenge for me throughout this album because I couldn't find a lyric sheet anywhere. Perhaps it's on the physical copy of the album, but uh, I didn't have that. So it'd be nice to get some lyrics to this, but hearing them interviewed and, and the, what few lyrics I could pick up suggests that breakups are another very common theme on this album. So in a way, perhaps I'm glad I don't have the lyrics sheet. Hmm. My only question with this song, having got through to the end of the album, is the song placement. Does it Should I have gone back to back with these two similar songs to kick off the album, given that there's not that much more like this after this song. I was set up for something at this point now that we had the two songs with a lot in common and then but then that was kind of the end of it. I'm, perhaps perhaps they might have been better served opening with Worlds Away and putting at the end well, at the end or towards the end of the album. Your thoughts? So it's funny that you say that because this was my my thought again. So the the last album again sort of talked about how there just not much didn't change from start to end. Mm. And so when it came into track two, I found myself thinking, okay, well, I guess this is the sound of this album, right? This is, this is what this album is going to sound like. Now here comes mm. the second track that sounds very similar to the first track. Um, there's kind of this, uh, and the thing that I kept picking up on, I think at the last one, I, I kept thinking like, at the drive-in and it was kind of more of, a, I don't know, like an emo sort of feel to it. And this one had more of a, a, a baroness kind of feel. And, and if you see, I think I found three reviews and everybody mentions baroness. And I kind of almost instantly, as soon as I thought that, regretted thinking that because when I started reading other people say it was Baroness, I'm, I found myself thinking, well, no, wait a minute, hold on. They're, no, they, they do sound a little bit different than Baroness. Um, but I can see where the, the, the groove is, is maybe somewhat reminiscent. But again, it, it is to be compared to Baroness. That's kind of, I don't know, that's, that's kind of amazing. I mean, it, it def absolutely shows their growth in, in, in songwriting and the development, which... I'm going to now move from the end and move into 18 weeks. And this was, it was right here. This was sort of my aha moment with this album was when track three kicks in and all of a sudden, and now even, even in my tinny headphones, I can hear the bass just really kind of laying it down as the guitar steps back. And, and all of a sudden we become, it, it's sort of the sound is, is more melodic and less sludgy than anything i've heard from them up to this point mm. and the singing style is is melodic there's there's sort of there's absolute growth in melody in the singing style and and it was when i first heard this song where i was like oh wait a minute hang on a second this is now now i feel like i'm hearing i don't know i i wanted i don't know what i was expecting when, when, when we started listening to Abrams. But I feel like this just, the way that these first, and I'm going to say four songs, but the way these first four songs line up, that's what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear where, where and, and then they're doing this, where they're showing so sort of this diversity because they have two singers. And, and they have, I assume, two songwriters. And so where, where does that, and as, and you, as you stated, sort of that, that tension and release, how do, how do we play with that? How do we show that? And I feel like the way that they set these first four songs up kind of does give you a really good, uh, a good sample of that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And th this definitely is a very different style, this song. 
Uh, just for the record, 18 weeks is not referring to the time between our podcasts. <laughs> not yet, anyway. <laughs> Let's hope it never gets to that. Um, but yeah, really different styles. So the guitar in particular and the singing on this brought forward or brought up three bands, all with something in common, Huskadoo, Sugar, and Bob Mould. For me, which were bands that just had not previously entered my head listening to this band. So, yeah, the guitar style was very Bob Mouldy, I, I thought, and the singing very much in the style of Huskadoo, obviously with some modern production values as well. But, yeah, the singing on this is what's changed most dramatically, really melodic, and they've spoke, they spoke in one of the interviews that I've linked to about the work that the, the, the Mr. Otero, is that his name, put into the laying down the vocal tracks and, and getting a really strong vocal performance out of these two guys. And here it really shows, I think. So it's so nice to hear them singing. And the, that melody in the singing is also matched by some lovely melodic guitar sections, which, and then there's a sort of, it, it sort of drops away. There's an echoey guitar, which leads into the final section, last minute or so, to me, is the highlight of this song and perhaps the highlight of the album, this swirling, uplifting, soaring musical or instrumental section that finishes off this song is one of my favourite moments on the album and makes this my favourite song, hands down, off the album. This is a, a great song and, you know, it's something new from the band and it shows incredible growth and, you know, the fact that I'm using words like soaring and uplifting for the first time with this band, it, it's sort of making my, my chest swell and, and making me punch the air a bit. It's a magnificent song, I think. I really, um, really enjoyed this one. All right. I wonder if our listeners turn this podcast into a drinking game. For every time, for <laughs> what did every I say? I, was, I didn't say anthemic. <laughs> soaring. <laughs> Soaring, oh, okay. Soaring and anthemic. I had <laughs> soaring. It's funny that you say that because I also have soaring written down in 18 weeks, and yeah. I intentionally didn't say it because <laughs> I didn't want anybody to have to take a shot this early in the episode. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that was on our bingo card. I, I thought it was anthemic only. So anyway, I'll avoid soaring from now on as well. Uh, the next track's called Rivers. Uh, again, we've got a bit more melody in the guitar. We've got those big toms again opening up this. It's a floor tom, um, which he taps away on, gives us uh, a, a nice nice opening to the song. We're back to the original singing style here. But again, there's some really nice guitar work, some melodic uplifting. Is that on our, is that on our bingo card? I don't know. But we've, no, nothing so. I think we're good with that one. All right, I'll stick with that for now. <laughs> Um, in the guitars again. This is a short song, really effective. And, you know, there's a. I, I suggested that the photograph on the front cover suggested that there is some beauty to be found in this album, and it's here again on this song. You know, we're singing, the, the title is Rivers, and, and while we don't have this, the beautiful vocal singing performance here, we do have some beauty in the melodic guitar work and and the bass so i think it's a short song but really effective 
this okay so this song reminds me of um and it doesn't remind me because it sounds like it reminds me because of how i think it could serve the band but basically the cure had this song called plain song and um it's a great song to open a festival show with <laughs> and so as, as you know, as people are milling about moving from one band to the next and when the cure comes on, you just hear this song, right? This song starts playing and the band kind of starts coming out. So maybe I think the drummer, the drummer, the bass and the guitar are kind of already out there and they, they'll start the song and then the keyboards kick in and then um, Robert Smith kind of has can take his time to make his way to the stage. But it's this great song that just can go on and give everybody a chance to kind of gather just sort of, hey, the gear is on. Right. And you all get there in the audience. And then when they're ready to kick it in, they can kick it in. And I felt like this song had that. I felt like this song serves as like that perfect festival show opener just with that intro and that sort of that opening riff that just kind of can keep playing over and over and and the band can take their time moving into the microphones or doing whatever they got to do until that crowd gathers um and that was what I, I really really absolutely i this song i put up into my top uh i have here's the other thing on on the other album i had a hard time picking what my favorite song was on this one i had i had it narrowed down to at least four and i had to go back and forth on my winner we're not at my winner yet but uh 18 weeks was one of them and then rivers i just i really like the guitar on this song and how just how it sounds mm. oh i'm i'm on can't sleep can't earn it um yep so now we, with that, we kind of move into this one. And I feel like the guitar, again, there's, there's more melody to the singing. Um, the verse sounds similar to what we've heard. The verse kind of sounds similar to what I can expect from an Abram song. Uh, but the chorus is really good. I really, really like the chorus of this song. It, it stands out. Um, and I, I just it, it takes it kind of I think I wrote soaring again. Uh, it takes it to sort of it takes the song to a whole new level. And and I like how when things quiet down, that bass just kind of comes to the front again. And then you talked about, I think, the ending in 18 weeks. I think this song also has a really cool kind of the way that it breaks down and, 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 and ends. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't have too much to add uh, above what you've said there. It is a very singable chorus, very melodic. Tension and release alternate alternates there. And the only thing I'd add is they're sort of giving little hints of guitar solos at different times on this album. And I like the way they do it. It's not your classic screechy metal solo with wah-wahs and, you know, widdly-diddlies. It's something different, something less cliched than that. And yeah, I really like this, what they do in those instrumental sections when there's a, a melodic guitar piece like, like there is in this one. Really good song. And yeah, I'm, at this point, the album's really rocking along. Huh? So we get now into Burned. Now, there is a film clip to this, which is very good. Again, we get a drummed intro. That great-sounding kit is on display very early in this song. We get some shoutiness in the opening, harmony work in the chorus. So you can see these same ingredients coming up again and again. Uh, the difference perhaps in this one is the middle section really stripped back so you can really 
pick out the guitar and the bass working together through that middle section and we get another jammy instrumental section towards the end now we only really had one of these on the first album we've already had a few on this album and they're great i really like it when they just settle into a groove typically in in the latter part of the song and, and sort of jam away for a, a minute or two as they do in this song this is great i really like this song it's probably my second favorite on the album I mean, it's so good. It deserves a huge audience. I don't know if they've got it at this point in their careers. I suspect they're getting closer to that, hopefully, with their new album, which we'll hear, which we'll cover on the next podcast. But, I mean, this is just top-class heavy music and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Burned. What, did, what were your thoughts? I don't know. I, I really liked it as well. Um, I don't know what more I can add that that sort of that breakdown, that middle bit that you were talking about there. There's even a, a moment in there where there feels like, and, and maybe not, maybe, maybe I'm not hearing it correctly, but it feels like they're sort of even playing with like pinch harmonics and, and that stylistically is, is, is different than, than anything we had heard from them before. And here and again, just even the production value on this, on this song is, is great in the sense that I kind of want to, and I almost want to add Dave Otero to our band Brownlow song. But um, the, I, yeah, no, the song just sounds great. It's a good song, but it also just sounds great. Mm. You've you got the next one. Oh, sorry. Yep, morning. All right. Um, th th this is the, the third of the four that, that I had put up there into my favorite. Still, still not the winner. Um, and th this one has this morning with a U, by the way. Uh, this has that 90s sort of kind of alt grunge feel to it. I feel, and maybe I think that because I feel like I hear, uh, well, there's the guitar solo. You're talking about hinting at the guitar solo and mm. it feels very Jerry Cantrell mm. is, is kind of, is sort of the vibe that I picked up. Um, not, not to say it sounds exactly like you, but I can hear the influence. And, and, and this is the one where when I was first listening to it, before I realized that we had uh, Phil Pendergast from Chemist adding additional vocals, I, I was like, wait a minute. There are two, there are two people singing the song, right? And there's one moment where, um, and it kind of, it didn't dawn on me right away that it was happening. That there was just, it sounded like there was a very different voice in here. And I wasn't sure where that was coming from. And it was after I had to go back through and, and give it, uh, um, a few more listens that I was able to hear that better. And, and I do like how they sort of, they merge together from that moment of the solo straight through to the end. Mm -hmm. And I think that it, again, I the, just the sound production, the, it just sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds, it does. It sounds great. It's the longest song, song on the album at over six minutes. And I really, I love the patience in this song, a really slow build up to a big, finish so i think that's a sign of maturity as well when a band is happy just to settle in and, and let a song build to its conclusion i don't know i don't have much to add above what you've said the lyrics i think we're back in breakup territory here you crossed the ocean you ran away from me i'll always be alone so some familiar themes from this band hopefully they move on from whatever whoever broke their heart hopefully they can put that to rest between this album and the next I'm, I'm it's starting to get a little tired this you know woe is me she left me stuff um but lyrics aside it's a it's a really impressive song i, I like the music 
And yeah, you mentioned the solo, which is also great. Die in Love is the next song. I, the highlight of this to me is the big rumbly bass line that opens the song and the bass work throughout. So we haven't really talked about it much, but there's some great bass work throughout this album. We're back to the shouty stuff here. More tension, less release in this song. So in that way, it reminded me more of the songs off the first album. You know, it's, it's a good song. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't one that I particularly looked forward to when I was listening to the album. So, you know, does the job belongs you know it's certainly worth a spot on the album but for me it wasn't a standout your thoughts on die in love yeah it was you had mentioned that i mean it seems stylistically more in the vein of even the first two tracks on mm -hmm. the on the uh, on the album more so than than what else we've heard uh and no we haven't actually talked and yes the bass work in the song is great and we haven't i don't feel like we've given Taylor Iverson is due. He plays a Rickenbacker. I'm just saying. In the in the live videos that we're watching, I'm like, oh, is he? How do I? I never. Like I just, I was just on the market for a new bass. I didn't even think about Rickenbacker. Oh, uh, you'll have um, to go back and get one. I know, I know. That's it's like it's just such a cool looking bass, but it also sounds so good. Uh, but yeah, this th this song is very reminiscent to the to the first album. Agreed. Um, it just, but like here here's the take a shot. It sounds better. It just, it just the quality of the, but it's the quality of the songwriting even. Yep. Mm. Um, so that moves us in this mask, which I will say I was, I don't remember what, when I first heard this song, I think I was walking to the grocery store and I was wearing the mask and, and it was just so hot and found myself just feeling this song felt so fitting for mm. me right now. Um, but it is uh, stylistically it, sort of harkens back to mourning um in fact die in love kind of i feel like gets in the way of of these two songs sort of bleeding together and maybe that was intentional also to kind of separate them a little bit um and, and in a good way it, it's it's almost a continuation i i really like the drums on this song and i really like how the drums build to the end i haven't i guess i haven't given uh mr cotton his due at all but the drums on the sound on the song are are really good. And I think that they kind of going in with your tension and release sort of increase that tension, bringing it to the end. It does it certainly does sound a lot like morning in that, in that intro section and similar to morning has that slow patient build up, build up. The payoff comes about halfway through the song with the big guitar, heavy chorus, but yeah, it is a slow burner of a song. And yeah, I also agree that the drums are, are the, what sort of sit, uh, or sort of drive this song through to its conclusion and just sort of keeps uh, plodding along but keeps it uh, keeps it going and and drives it to that finish so yeah really good song this wasn't your favorite no well i guess that leaves one song so uh <clears throat> that song is morning the album closer now given that it's your favorite why don't you uh well, obviously, it has to be because there's no other songs left after this. Why don't you talk about <laughs> You can have the honors with this one. All right. Um, it, it, now, I even wrote down that, yeah, this song is my favorite. I don't think it's the best song on the album, but it's, I think it's my favorite. It's the one that I, I do want to go back and listen to. It has sort of a, like a, we, we've been talking about the stoner rock feel to it, and it has a stoner rock vibe to it, but it's like a cleaner stoner rock vibe. Right. It's like a stoner rock vibe, a sober stoner rock 
vibe feel like just in the sound. Um, and I like the fact that we also talked about uh, the guitar solo and there's like a ripping guitar solo on this one, right? Which we haven't properly heard. Um, and I like how the song just there's, it plays with dynamics. It plays with space. There's a moodiness to the vocals. I, I really like what this song is doing and I like the way that it ends. I think this is the perfect end to the album. I think mm. that to have worlds away and mourning with an O, no you, um, are exactly where they need to be on the album, right? Worlds Away needed to be the album starter, and I feel like Morning needed to be the album closer. But anyway, yes, it is. It's the one that I've decided I'm going to go ahead and dub as my favorite. Okay. Yeah, I can understand that. I love the vocal performance on this in particular. It's really emotional. It's not only a great performance, it's perfectly mixed. I think there's just the right amount of reverb, reverb on the vocals so that's not a distraction but it just gives it that bit of extra gravity there's a real sadness in this song you know sort of it's not country music but somehow the sadness and and the the emotions that it evoked listening to it reminded me of of, of country in some ways yeah i love that uh instrumental section and then we go back to the quiet style that opened the song to, to finish it off my I, look, perhaps a criticism is I, I would have liked a little bit more of this song. They could have perhaps um, let it wind down for another minute or two. I thought it ended a bit abruptly. But um, in terms of the vocal performance and, and the emotional weight of this song, I can understand why you like it so much. It is an excellent song and a great album closer. So that brings us to our sort of final thoughts on the album overall. How did you think they went with this one? So well, the reason we chose this band is that we saw the third album coming up on several, because I hadn't heard, I wasn't familiar with this band. This isn't, when we first started this, we talked about those bands that maybe we never got around to listening to, and this was going to sort of force us to do that. I hadn't heard of this band prior mm. to them, their final, the album that we're going to do next showing up on these lists. And based on what we were listening to for the first album, I found myself thinking, well, wait a minute, how are they going to get from there to best of lists in just three albums? Mm. And I can hear it now, right? I can hear, I hear where this album serves as a bridge. And, and I, I really, I, I like this album. I really enjoyed listening to this album. Um, more more than I thought I would, and I'm 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 genuinely excited about uh, digging into the next album. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. We try and avoid communicating about the albums before the podcast, but I did send you one text uh, um, after my very first listen. I was like, "This sounds like a completely different band." You yeah. you have spoken previously about the growth that you tend to see. I think you mentioned in the last podcast actually the growth that you often see from a band's first album to their second album. And I think this is exhibit A in, in that, in, in your making your case there. This is a band that has grown and matured and blossomed before our very ears here. And, um, yeah, I really enjoyed this. This ticked so many boxes for me about just the things that I dig about heavy music. So many of those elements are in here. So, yeah, the band has, has come so far from their first. Now, that sounds like 
we're being critical of the first album. We weren't. There was a lot of things we enjoyed on it, but I just feel like they've brought them together and combined them in, in a much more interesting way here. We better move on to the band Brownlow. All right, so band Brownlow time. So we rank the performances of the band members from uh, third best to first best. The third best performer who gets one vote in our band Brownlow telly, which you uh, like to keep track of, thankfully, because I don't, for us. Uh, my third... I could really, with this one, I could give it to anyone. So it's really tricky. It's a it's a three-piece, but they get a great performance out of each of them. I'm going to give it to the drummer, even though I thought that was a real area for improvement. Now, I know the previous drummer was very good, and he's gone on to play with some, uh, some excellent other bands, but I just thought the style of the drumming suited the music much better now. There's, he's less manic. There's much more space, and it's beautifully mixed. I love the sound of the drums, but... You know, there has to be someone that only gets the one vote, and in this case, it's Mr. Cotton, the drummer. I'm going to give two to the bass player slash vocalist, Mr. Iverson. I prefer his singing style to the more screamy style of the guitarist, and his bass work is excellent, and you've spoken about the sound of it, and, uh, you know, I, I, I really liked his performance, but I had to give the three votes to... Not so much for his vocal performance, but for the melodic guitar work on this album. That was what stood out for me so many times and at the most heartwarming and uplifting moments on the album. It was that guitar work that really got me over the line and, and, and said, yeah, this is a, a really excellent album. It was the guitar work that stood out in those moments for me. How'd you go? Now... The science that I put behind the band Brownlow. You put science behind it? Oh, I've got I've got I've got an intricate formula. It's a series of calculations <laughs> wow. that go into this. It's uh this is this is not something I take lightly. Oh no, me either. And I've never I've never shared this. I've never shared the the just the amount of, of detail that goes into this. And the reason that it's oftentimes takes weeks. <laughs> Is is that I get stuck on this, and, yep. and you know, and I, I, did I carry the one correctly? Is yep, the yep. decimal point in the right place? Mm. And so originally, I came into this with a band Brownlow that had been very methodically worked through. But then, as I was talking it over, I found myself talking. I I've been talking so much about the guitar, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh wait a minute, I guess he should get my three votes. Mm. But then I fear that mine is, would look just like yours. And we can't have that. We so can I'm going to trust this. I know I'm going to trust the system yeah. that I had put into place prior to recording, and 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 go with this. My my one vote does go same as you to the drummer Jeff Cotton. Um, he was great. It sounded good. Uh, I, I I can blame my tinny earphones. I think that there was a lot that I maybe didn't hear there that I, I wanted. I wish I could have, and I will when I get speakers. Um, and then so my two, I'm going to go to Zach Amster. And, and this is hard to do because my formula wants to give him the three votes, especially as, I'm, as I've found myself talking so much about the ripping guitar solos. Uh, but the bass, the bass just sounds great. And, 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 and I like 
I like what he's doing. I like what he's playing. I like, and I, and anytime the bass player is playing and singing, hmm. anytime he's putting those two things together, that that's just worthy of, that's worthy of the three votes. Yeah. I think our listeners would also in, in their drinking game, uh, would include Scott giving three votes to the bass player <laughs> and you've done it again. But yeah, an excellent performance. <laughs> it's hard to argue with you uh, on on that one. Uh, yeah, but you know, it sounds like you agree with me that you could have gone either way between the, the guitarist yeah. and the bass player. Oh, I really, you know, if you could give, it, it's more about the way they work together. You know, it's such an example of teamwork in a band. Those two f- playing off each other, trading vocals, let you know, giving each other time t- to shine. So a really good team performance and, and um, lovely work from the drummer sitting underneath all that as it unfolds. So really interesting. Really interesting. And, you know, we've got an album of the year contender coming up next, so um, I'm sure you're looking forward to it as much as I am. I'm, yeah, no, I am. I've, it's, 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 it's set up and it's ready to go. And it's, I honestly, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a listen. Okay. Well, you should too. Listen, go and download the next one. Hopefully you've enjoyed listening to us discuss this one. We have been unshuffled as always. You can find all our past episodes, show notes, etc., on our website, unshuffledpod.com. You can follow us on Twitter at unshufflepod, and we do have a legion of followers there. That's a great way to contact us. We often retweet album-related stuff, as well as links to our shows and show notes. You can also email us, unshuffledpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Our thank yous, as always, Small Stone. We get a special shout-out, not just for letting us or giving us the honour of using uh, the track Vanguard from the band Seven Planets in our opening and, and closing music, but also Small Stone had the full length from Black Sleep of Carly. So if you're enjoying what you're hearing with Abrams, be sure to go back in time and check out Black Sleep of Carly on the Smallstone label, which I'll put a link to in the show notes as well. So with all that said, Scott, let's bid our listeners Arrivederci, or in your case, Sayonara. And uh, we'll, we'll let them go and download the next album which is supposed to be great. I'm, I can't wait to listen to it. It's called Modern Way. So go and uh, download that and be sure to join us in a few weeks' time when we're ready to discuss it, uh, the last full-length album from Abrams. And then after that, of course, we're going to have to choose our next band, which is going to be fun. But for now, listeners, goodbye. Thank you, listener. Thank you, Matt.